welcome to another episode of Ask Danny. Well, I tell you, over the years, I have been asked thousands of home improvement questions. So each week here on Ask Danny, I'll bring in one of my expert friends and we'll tackle some of your questions, share a few tips, and also tell you a few entertaining stories to help you out with your project. So remember, next time you have a question, Ask Danny. Well, my guest this week is Sid Sexton. He's a friend of mine and owner of Sexton Lawn and Landscaping, an 18-year-old company here on the Gulf Coast. And Sid has helped us in the past with a lot of a lot of information about your lawn. And Sid, one of the things that we get some basic elementary type of uh, information and uh, requests for information about things like planting and pruning and things like that. So I thought it would be good for us to hit on that a little bit. Okay, so so the homeowner's very ambitious. They run out to um, the nursery. They're, they bought more plants than they probably should have. And they're coming back. Okay, let's stop them right now. Tell them what they should do when they're trying to establish, let's say, a new bed, planting bed in and around their house. Step by step, what should they do right now? Okay, so step one, I would say, make sure you have a plan. You know, where are those plants going to go? Are they the right plant for the right place? Are, you know, do they, are they going to get enough sunlight that's required for that? Are you going to have enough space for that particular plant? Is it going to get too large for, for where you want it? Um, are you going to have enough water or is it going to be too much water? You know, does it sit low or, or you know, those, those type of things. Make sure you have a plan. And then, number two, I like. We really are big fans of sod cutters, so we go in and remove the vegetation. We spray paint out the bed lines and, and just cut and remove those out. Uh, and you can rent those at most of your, your, your rental yards mm-hmm. in your local area. Um, and then we add enough soil to make sure that we're building that soil up. Uh, it could just be topsoil. You can get that in bulk from you know a local supply place, or it could be bagged uh, from any local supply place. Uh, with they, they, there's all kinds of specialty blends with organic matter and, and other things that you could really go down a rabbit hole in that, but just making sure you're adding some sort of amendment to that. Uh, so the plants have something to, to, some sort of nutrient to latch onto to give it a good, healthy start. And I guess in digging that hole, what's more important, a wide hole or a deep hole, or do you really need both? That's a really good point. So wide is way more important. Uh-huh. You know, having having a plant, you know, giving it the space to sort of grow out and get itself established is is much more important than how deep you plant, how deep you dig that hole. When when you're planting a shrub or a feature plant of any kind, um, what height should you do most of those? I see people that sometimes they didn't dig enough and it's a little too high, and other times I see that it's too low and water's just packed around it. And also the little moat, building the little mound around one. When do you do that? Do you do it ever? And is that, uh, what's the general information on that? Well, generally, we're working in areas that we're going to add irrigation. So we don't add the little moat around it. Now, they're, they're nice if you're just going to put water around it and you want it to kind of stick around and not run off. But generally, we don't do that. And that's, what, that's why you would do that. You mentioned a plant planted too deep, and, and, and water just sort of settles around the uh, you know the base of it. That's not a good idea. Uh, we try to plant them level or a little bit proud. We call it uh, you know not six inches above the uh, the soil level, but you know just a little bit. Maybe that's a half inch, uh, just because you want it to. You want water to. You want water to sort of 
drain away from the base of that plant. Mm-hmm. You want it, you want the roots to have it available, but just not right at the base of it. And, you know, once you're doing a bed like that, I'll tell you what, it is so amazing how much better when you're putting the icing on the cake, putting in the mulch. And it's so bizarre to me in a, in a way that pine straw, I mean, something that as a kid, my, my, when I grew up, our yard was about two acres, had 237 pine trees. I know how many oh. it had because this was back before <laughs> string trimmers. So my father would give me a nickel, I think it was, for me to take a hoe and clear out around each and every one of those trees. So I counted those trees a hundred times just thinking, there's got to be more trees here than, than, than this. And I would trim around each one of those things. He would check them for me, and then he would pay me my, my money. So, you know, I, I, I got got a lot of that. But it's but, and, and as a result, we raked a lot of pine straw, burned a lot of pine straw. I probably burned over a million dollars worth of pine straw based on <laughs> what it yeah. cost at this point. But, but, but pine straw and different types of mulch, and even some of the recycled tires now have started to be so realistic looking. Um, but there's more advantages to mulch than just simply it makes it look good right oh yeah there's there are a ton of advantages to, to a natural mulch um number one it's going to make a mat and really keep weed seed weeds really you know they, they they come from seeds and those seeds are spread through the wind storms and everything and they land in your bed and that's how they kind of get there so if you make a you make a a, a good layer of mulch over that bed, you keep the weed seed from actually hitting soil and, and, and germinating. Another one is, is it insulates the roots. You know, it keeps those roots from getting too hot or too cold. Um, and it also uh, keeps moisture in there, in, in, the, uh, in the soil, it keeps it from evaporating too quickly. And a natural mulch, as it breaks down, it adds tilts to the soil and organic matter. So there's lots of benefits to a, a natural mulch. Now, what about landscape fabric? Do you use it all the time, sometimes, never? What, what's your thought on that and being able to put it down before you put the mulch on? Yeah, I know there are differing opinions on this, but this, this is mine. Uh, we don't use it uh, simply because I know it says it's permeable, uh, but in our market, it just is so hot for so long. I feel like it, it, it causes undue heat to those roots and water kind of gets to there and it pushes it to the low areas and I just I, I think it's just a bad horticultural practice for us in our market so we don't ever sure sure that makes sense that makes sense on the on the heat gain and so forth now what about planting trees you know you, you're there at the nursery and you see that six or eight foot of uh, sapling there that you want to plant is there much difference between planting that tree other than it's a lot heavier than that little azalea but is there much difference between the two approaches in planting those plants there's not really a, a lot difference between the you know the, the seven gallon shrub and the you know the 20 gallon uh, tree, you just want to plant it uh, generally three times the, the, the width of the pot, and uh, you want to plant it a little bit proud. You want to make sure it's got adequate, adequate water. Okay. All right. Hey, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to share with you a few tips about when to prune and how to prune. Stay with us. Hey, if you have a question about your home or just need a little help with the project, head over to todayshomeowner.com slash ask. Use the form there to send photos, share what you're working on, and ask us any question at all. Okay, we're talking about 
different things are in and around the yard. And, and a question that we get quite a bit, Sid, is, uh, is about pruning. Of course, you can go, for, go on and on and on about what not to do, how to do this, how to prune a heavy bush. But what are some general guidelines there on when's the best time of the year to prune and some, just, just some general uh, information about pruning? Sure. Uh, pruning, and there's, like you said, there's lots of nuance in all of that. Uh, but it, as a general rule, for a flowering plant, you want to prune that plant after it's bloomed. Once the, once the blooms are, are, are gone, that's when you would go in and reshape that plant. Um, so, you know, in, in all, in all plants require some pruning just to keep it in shape and, and keep a healthy growth. It's, it's kind of like mowing the grass. You, it's better to do it more regular than to wait until it's all grown too much because you you start getting a shrub or you get a plant that really starts getting weighted to one side or the other and you start pruning it's a lot harder to keep that shape right and to to look right i've seen a lot of people make mistakes on that oh sure yeah there you know um you can see shoots and everything kind of run out of shrubs and there's actually a you know that you've heard of pinching a plant you know there's a there's a terminal bud at the end of each of those stems. You can pinch that thing off. That, that's, that's what's driving the growth down that branch. And so that's really what pruning is. You're redirecting growth. You're redirecting energy. Um, and you know me. I don't know much about hair, but it's sort of like getting a haircut. You know, you're, you kind of get an inch cut off your hair, and it, it grows healthier and stronger. And that's kind of what you're doing when you're pruning shrubs or plants in general. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'll tell you what, sometimes I kind of like, in a friendly way, stir up a little something. I like to stir up a little controversy. And I'll tell you one okay. thing. I'll tell you one thing you can do. And you, you'll, I think you'll agree with me on this. So you're sitting around. There's six or seven people around there. All, everybody's a homeowner, and you're talking about things and all. And you bring up trimming and pruning crepe myrtles. Boy. Oh, yeah. Man, some people just go, wow, do people, why do, you know, what do they call them, crepe murderers? Crepe what... murderers, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, so what's your opinion on that? Because, I mean, I've seen some that were completely never trimmed, and they're beautiful. And I see others that were trimmed regular, and they got that big knot on it there and all that. So I'm not sure which, I guess, some, uh, I don't know, what, what, what's, your, what's your general opinion on this? And uh, get, get out there, get out there and tell us what you think. Oh, thanks for setting the trap. I appreciate it. Um, so, you know, in general, this is why people do it. A crate murder, a crate, crate murder, a crate myrtle is going to bloom off of new growth, and so people have gotten into the habit of just hacking them all the way back to produce new growth. You can still do that and keep the shape of the plant with selective pruning. You don't have to hack it all the way back. So, we kind of have a, a little process where we take. Cross branches, you know, branches rubbing and growing across from others. Uh, broken branches, we're removing those and pruning those out. Uh, and anything growing back into the middle, so that's where you decide what cross branch you're going to take. We want a tree to grow up and out. And then anything smaller than your pinky. Um, and that's kind of our process. Uh, and so if you just do that, you, that keeps you from just hacking it all the way back and creating that horrible-looking knuckle on the end and 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 in my opinion you're just kind of ruining the plant it never really recovers after a couple of years of that mm -hmm. well now um pe people that are listening to the podcast their next conversation they have they can say now yeah. sid said 
and then exactly. they can take it from there. See, so we got you right in Just the middle. All of complaints it. to Danny at the Danny Whitford Show. <laughs> Man, it's always good to have you on the podcast and on radio and to chat with you. And you're such a positive guy, and certainly someone that's been there and knows what to do. What would you give as a last little tidbit of advice to to our listeners today? I guess my last advice is is, is kind of what I started with: is make sure you have a plan. If you you know if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. That kind of thing. Um, it's really helpful to have a plan. If you're not really sure what to do, just consult with a, a, a local expert. Um, there's all kinds of folks in your market from a local nursery that can give you a design or, or, or at least give you an idea to, to have a plan to move forward. I just see so many times people just grab a bunch of plants that they like and then just throw them in and then wonder why the $800 in plant material that they bought aren't doing well. And, and generally, it always starts back from you just didn't have a plan. So there's there's my tip. Have a plan. Well, I, I certainly agree with you on that. And, um, you know, when you're looking at a landscaping, and, and if you do have a landscape architect or designer to draw that plan for you, which, again, I strongly suggest if you're looking at an overall master plan, then get some advice on what to do first. You may want to go ahead and plant all of those big trees first because of what it requires sometimes with machinery and so forth before you start putting more delicate plants in. And, you know, if you have all of that, then you can do it in stages so that it's not overwhelming both to your time and your budget and so forth. And you can do a little bit of time. But but after it's all said and done, then everything is cohesive. Everything goes together. Everything works. And uh, I've seen the same thing you've seen where someone... You know, it's just gone out, and that that tree in the front yard, boy, they got it loaded up. Over here, not yeah. so much. So um, that's one of the that's a great piece of advice, as always, from um, our buddy Sid Sexton. And Sid, you're uh, very involved in social media, and your website's uh, you did a great job on all of that. Um, tell our listeners where they can go and uh, check things out that you're doing. Sure, thanks, Danny. Um, you can find us at sextonlandscapes.com or any of our social me- media outlets: Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Oh, perfect, perfect. Well, Sid, always great to have you on, so get back to work, okay? Yes, sir. I'm on my way. <laughs> okay, take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ask Danny. Hey, I'd love to hear from you, so I hope you'll take a moment to leave a review and follow this podcast. I also invite you to visit todayshomeowner.com slash ask, where you can send me any photos, ask any question, and let me know what topic you would like to hear more about. Hey, I look forward to sharing more with you next week. So remember, next time you have a question, ask Danny.